Welcome to episode three of Red, White, and You, where we unpack um, everything that impacts minorities in the United States of America. We we actually take the time to dig deep um, and figure out how to dissect things that have plagued our communities for hundreds of years. And today is no different. Um, we're going to talk about Vanessa Guillen, who was a private first, first class uh, in the United States Army that went missing a couple of months ago. And um, there's reports that her remains or what could possibly be her remains. I don't think that confirmation has come down. One of the guys who was heading up one of the search party divisions, you know, uh, made a comment to the extent of, you know, the search for Vanessa is over. I don't think that official confirmation has come down. But, um, you know, I've been posting and tweeting uh, these last few days about it. I was continuously being tagged in it for what I think are the obvious reasons. I'm a combat veteran, um, spent uh, nine years serving in the military um, as an instructor uh, and was attached to a a high, high deployable unit is the way it was, it was organized. with the command post that I was assigned to. And I couldn't think of a better person to come on and have this conversation with Garen and I, other than my wingman, my battle buddy, who uh, served alongside me in the AOR, um, Northern Iraq, Kirkuk. We were there from the summer of 2007. Yeah. Until the fall fall of 2008 right Kiki Uh, actually we were there we were there uh, we was there from what August 2007 April it's it's within we came back in the spring going into the uh, well but but, well here's the deal Kiki because if you recall remember (laughs) because I got there a little bit before you and I wanted to explain to everyone that what happened the night we met. I want you to explain that, but here's why it was so important. <laughs> She's laughing. Here's why it was so important for me to have Kiki on for a number of reasons. Kiki is a lot like me in that she doesn't have any filter. She's always going to shoot you straight. And when it comes to matters of minority women, Um, I think most people that know me and that follow me know how serious I am about that and the, and the preservation of the value of minority women, uh, women in general, but specifically minority women. And, um, I was like, it's gotta be Kiki. She's not very vocal, but for me, she showed up. And the reason I need to, to put that out there so adamantly is because when I was reading about Vanessa and collecting intel, because once I posted this on my Instagram, I started getting DMs with people telling me things that was taking place on that installation and just providing more insight. Um, Because I went on this crusade to dig in, I decided this was going to be one of those situations that uh, my team and I would take a a hard look at and, and, and justice for Vanessa, true justice for Vanessa. But I knew it had to be Kiki for that reason. Um, And just like I called her up and said, hey, I need you to do this. It was an automatic yes. That's the way the camaraderie 
and the training and just being deployed with someone and serving alongside that that's how we roll so when i was reading about vanessa i'm like so where's where was her battle buddy where was her wingman did we look into that um the story just wasn't making sense to me um one of the big components when you get straight off the bus before you even serve one day in boot camp you learn accountability they start you know um laying out uh, a foundation of a different type of discipline and that discipline is is framed up by accountability which is why i'm so big on holding people accountable um and so i'm reading this and i'm hearing that her keys and what else her identification card was all left in the armory and i'm like that's not how that shit goes that was day one you learned to keep that on your person so that didn't sound right to me none of it sounds right to me and so i'm not really going to be able to let that go but nonetheless i want to introduce you all to my my wingman my battle buddy during my deployment of operation iraqi enduring freedom to northern iraq of which we spent eight months there in a hot zone in a combat zone kiki go ahead and uh, say hello to everyone and tell them about that night that we met Okay, well, hello everyone. Um, I'm Kiki for short. Um, I was an airman in the um, Air Force out of the 433rd Security Forces. Um, got in Iraq, Kirkuk, Iraq, and um, the first the first night that I was there, you was already there earlier. Have been uh, you was already there. You got there before me. So the first night, uh, we actually, it was just like uh, spurred a moment. It wasn't that long. It was basically like we met each other and then uh, you had to go on uh, duty. And we was actually coming in, getting situated. And I wasn't, uh, we didn't have to report right away. So I'm in the room that night and then finally I went to sleep. And and uh, <laughs> we got hit. <laughs> so that stirred me up. Uh, first night, we getting hit, we getting attacked, and I jump up. But the ones who that it was it was funny because the ones that were there before, who got there before me, it was like it was nothing. It was like it was just a normal night. You know what I'm saying? In the pod. So I'm like, okay. So when you got back, you didn't get back to uh to the uh to the pod till later on that day, that next morning, and you come in on 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 crutches, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then come to find out, they hit the armory while you was in the uh in the briefing tent next door. And we it hit the armory, uh, hit the hit the tent, and hit the latrine where you were. Mm-hmm. And I think you in right before it hit where you were standing. You walked in the tent, and you got hit with the uh, with shrapnel, and you got injured. And that was a very <laughs> that was a wake up call to me. Like this shit is real. This shit this shit is real. And automatically we clicked from that moment. You know, we clicked from that moment and we, because we both, you know, said where we were from 
and we both were like, I, you asked me where I'm from originally, and I told you Louisiana, Northeast, and you were like, okay, I'm from Shreveport. Okay, boom, we was automatic right there. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, it wasn't, it's different. When you actually serve with someone, it's different. You are friends on a level that, that nobody can touch. And and people don't understand it's people that I have not seen since I left the military, but I'm still would ride or die for them people, for those people. And it's on a level that no one can comprehend. If you have not served, if you don't comprehend the camaraderie that we have with each other. And when, when we were together, it was like on base, they saw you, they saw me. We was hardly ever separated unless we were on duty. You was on a different shift than me. That's the right. only time we was not together. Exactly. Uh, so for for her, um, for Vanessa, to not for no one to know where she went because if you were somewhere, because take us if you was on um, if we on in a unit and somebody knows where you at at all times even if you in the restroom somebody is called well or where is spots oh she's in the restroom if i don't see you i'm going to find you correct or it's the same vice versa so i don't see how this this young lady can go missing and you always have your keys and your ID on you at all times. You gotta have that ID on you at all times. So for her to just for herself to be, I don't, I, I, I have, it just, I just can't fathom how can her personal effect not be on her person? How can it be sitting in the armory and no one knows? Because if I see somebody ID sitting somewhere, as soon as I see it, I'm, I'm okay. I'm finna go look for it because something not right. You know what I'm saying? So, right, yeah. So, and and my producer, absolutely, and that's Kiki. And I and I'm and we're Kiki's gonna stick around um, for the duration of the show because there's so much to unpack. And I briefly talked to her before we started um, recording. And I said, Kiki, we gotta unpack some stuff. And she was like, I said, there's gonna be some stuff that I'm gonna bring up that's gonna jar your memory. And there's gonna be some stuff you bring. And she said, well, do we have to do that, Fox? And because there's just so much, there's so much that we carry as women. There's so, you know, as female veterans, as women who served specifically in male dominated career fields. And we're gonna talk about that for a very long time I was maybe one of three females in my unit. Um, I was attached to a military police unit and I had specialties, um, uh, you know, throughout my career attached to that unit doing different functions, Intel, uh, an instructor. I taught uh, what we considered back then very high speed classes, classes that uh, we would train troops from different branches of the military that were thought to possibly see combat. So, you know, Kiki and I facilitated prisoner transfers together, (laughs) like legit prisoner transfers together. 
downrange in Iraq. And some of the stuff we saw, um, I don't even really want to bring up. I remember one day, Kiki and I were on, what do we call it, Tutu? What was that post called, Kiki? Gate 2? And... We we were... When, when we when we ran across the guy with his tongue cut out. Do you remember that day? That was gate two. I was up in the... I was up in the... Uh, was I up in the... Uh, you may have been up in the tower. I was up in the tower. You know, because that was my thing. In the tower or <laughs> in the... in the, You know, in the truck. So, in the in the Humvee. So, it... it I was mostly in the in the tower, so that was my place, you know. Right. And you, you, you saw some things you didn't want to. You was like, "What the fuck?" You saw, <laughs> you you saw some things, but then hey, that that that's how it rose over there. So, right, that's how it was, and and so, and so, Kiki and I, Kiki and I were, whether we were stateside or deployed. Our career field was male dominated. You agree with that, Kiki? It was male dominated because you say you was the only, you was one of three. Yeah, you was one of three. I was only female with my unit who deployed. I was the only female. What was that like, Kiki? Let's talk about that a little bit. And here, here's where I'm going with this. In reading reports and talking to people and collecting more information about Vanessa, um, it appears that at some point between her disappearance and the news that came out today that she had filed some complaints uh, against someone. I don't know if he was in her chain of command or not, but some unnamed sergeant for sexual harassment. Now, uh, speaking as a the only female in my unit, uh, uh, I had I had guys in my corner. I had some guys in my corner. I had some that was not in my corner. Um, I had to I had to put a few people in their place, and that's one thing you had. One thing I feel like that we did when we was uh, in there, we had to have a a way about us that we had to come in hard. Some and some people took that the wrong way, but we took that as a way of basically protecting ourselves because you cannot come into a male dom in the military. And you, I feel like you can't come in the military, you can't come into a male dominated field without you know, you basically, excuse me, I'm trying to uh say it without offending people, you have to come in basically like you got some balls. So we had to come in shoot we didn't shoot we didn't bullshit and that's one thing that i loved about you and i you know that that i feel like that kind of put us right there is because it was two females we were two women two women who didn't take no bullshit and one thing about me you was also a black woman and i was a black woman and it is i feel like we needed to have each other back so Absolutely. I just I was that's what I was thinking with the Vanessa situation where was she was the only female in the unit because mm -hmm. even though you might not be getting along with other females, they still is a camaraderie there that I might not like her, but I'm still have her back. 
You know what I'm saying? We in this unit together. And if I see something wrong, I'm going to have her back. Right. Because there were females that, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, we were that we we're not gonna bring that up, Kiki, about <laughs> some of the stuff that we still at the end of the day, absolutely, absolutely, and and I was not and for me looking at the situation, having and and reading, I saw reports of several reports of what I was reading uh, that she had filed complaints against against them uh, male. Uh, was it a sergeant? I think it was a sergeant. Yeah, and Garen's over there confirming. I, yeah, it hurts. See, that's the well. See, that's the thing, Kiki. The CID is investigating this. The criminal uh, army CID uh, unit um, is investigating this, and this is what pisses me off sometimes in certain situations about the military. Everything's so tight-lipped. Um, during my tenure, I held a top secret security clearance. Um, and I taught anti-terrorism classes and stuff like that. So I get that, but I believe that when it comes to, and like Kiki said, we were, uh, two that didn't take no shit and we let that be known right off the rip. But there was a lot of things that I saw were, that were questionable. Um, I've been asked before, does sexual harassment exist in the military? Absolutely. 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 It's so much, it's so much that, that is so pushed under the rug that the, the, the Vanessa Gilliam uh, situation is so it's just not even a tip of the iceberg of all the the things that women go through in the military there is so much that you know and people don't understand she's um i'm not taking away from her case but she's not the first one it's many of women that have gone who who have been tragic you know missing or are tragically murdered and their situations are pushed under the rug but when you actually look at if you military you know you know you military and you read up on it it's so much that's been pushed under the rug and that's not being addressed and i am i hate that it takes her this young lady for this stuff to be brought to the forefront but it's time for it to be brought to the forefront it is so much going on in the military when it comes to women that is that needs to be handled that needs to be addressed absolutely and the shittiest part to me is um her rank you know when i think about that i remember what it was like to be at that level uh enlisted and you it was just it was just this environment created of you better not open your fucking mouth and complain about shit you are to do as you told you, you are to do as you're told get in line and lock it up, which is one of the terms that was heavily used in the military. That means get your shits about yourself, your military bearing, stand at parade rest, stand at attention, you know, get your shit all the way together, lock it up. And I'm just thinking for her to be courageous enough to say something at that rank is huge. 
And right, Kiki, at that rank is huge. I mean, there were times me as a sitting as a staff sergeant, a, a highly respected staff sergeant. Um, there was times that I wouldn't say I got mousy, but I thought twice. It's just a different environment. I thought twice about some of the things that I would raise awareness. Basically, you and I was basically seen as uh we was we was basically seemed like we was too strong for our own good mm-hmm. but but and it played it it, it it played against us it played it it played against us it played against me personally mm-hmm. because people don't want you know because i had a situation where somebody you know where um i'm gonna speak on this situation you do you remember this when the tech sergeant i will never as long as i live forget that night but you go ahead and tell the story kiki i think it's important um on this night on duty me and this tech sergeant or me and this text it was uh to a tech sergeant and a staff sergeant we had a few issues these guys were um uh, one was uh, one was white and one was uh, Latino um, from my unit, but we was all you know over there together with other units. But they were from my unit. Uh, we wasn't seeing eye to eye on a situation. So my thing is, I'm the type I don't need friends. You only look. I feel like you only look for friends. You only seek friends in school. You know what I'm saying? I I don't need friends. I have enough. So. I feel like if we having problems, only time that we, I'm the type of person, only time we need to speak is on having to deal work related. So on this particular, uh, I was on my post and I said, well, we just not gonna talk, just shoot the shit. I'm not gonna shoot the shit with you because you know me and you're not cool. So I'm just gonna have to deal with you um, work related. So he comes on my post. We have to do with, um, we was going for a lunch run. That's what I'm saying. It was over petty ass lunch run. So um, go to the lunch run. Um, the person that I was on post with, and me and him, uh, we, we wasn't getting along. So I was like work related only. So I go on a lunch run. He didn't tell me they standing aside on uh, you know from me talking, and I guess wanted me to basically kiss their ass. So I said, I'm going to go on my run, lunch run, and if he wants something, he will let me know. So he did not tell me that. So I, I, I think he wanted me to fetch, you know, fetch like a, a house slave for him to get him something to eat. So I wouldn't. So I got me something to eat and brought back. He <laughs> felt that was disrespectful that I did not bring him something to eat. I said, first of all, you didn't ask me. He said, well, you didn't, you didn't ask me that I want something. That's not my place. If you're hungry, you will let me know. Um... So, the tech sergeant was like, why you won't talk to me? I said, well, me and you not getting along. I said, we not seeing eye to eye. So I said, I only wanna, I said, I don't wanna talk to you. I will only talk to you unless it's work related. If it's not work related, we have nothing to say to each other. He felt like I disrespected him and disrespected his rank. So he got up in my, uh, approached me, got in my uh, personal space. I told him to step back. He didn't. He started to yell at me. Want to want to use his rank to yell? 
And so I turned to when he, I stepped back, he stepped forward. So when he stepped forward towards me again, I started to turn to walk away to go into the guard shack. He grabbed my collar, mm-hmm. pulled me aggressively. And when he pulled me, I told him to let me the fuck go. And I swung at him. Correct. So mind you, I have my M4 and my nine on me. Your M4 with 180 right. Hold on, let me let me set the tone. You had your M4 with 180 rounds of MM6 ammunition and your nine mil on your drop leg holster with two magazines, 15 rounds each, because that's what we carried. Go ahead. <laughs> I was not on heavy gun that night. So um, I, he grabbed me and I put my, I placed my hand on the side of my sidearm. And I'm just like, some the, the basically the Lord touched my shoulder and, <laughs> and they separated us. So you was in command, not far from where my post was that night. Right. So they he they left, separated us. They telling me I'm wrong. It was a young little airman sitting in the truck driving the tech sergeant, young black kid. See the whole thing because he did not want to get on the wrong side of the tech sergeant. He was like, I didn't see nothing. I said, okay. So I t- gave him a piece of my mind and let him know how I felt about him. Not as just a fellow airman, but as a black man, you should, you know, you should have some, you know, it should be something there. Mm-hmm. So I walked to you, let you know what was going on. He calls the master sergeant, um, our flight uh, chief um, that night. They came and decided they wanted to present me with an order, with a write-up, trying to give me an article, uh, basically Article 15. An article, and for those who don't know what an Article 15 is, it's a career killer in the military. Um, is it an automatic? Uh, is, is it an automatic dishonorable discharge, Kiki? I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to think. It's really fucking bad. Let's just leave it at that. It, it fucks your career, no matter way to, to, right. no matter, no matter how you skin it. It's, it's, it can fuck your career. And if you, if this, if it doesn't kick you out, it, you get, you get demoted. Um, and no promotion. So basically, it's a career killer. Correct. But, um, so basically, they want to basically use that to try to put me put this put me in my place as a woman and as a black woman that was their way of trying to put me in my place because they said I had an attitude problem but my attitude was my attitude problem was that I did not let anybody make an ass out of me and that comes from being in a male dominated field but also come from my upbringing I was raised by parents and grandparents who, who taught me to stand on my own two feet and don't nobody treat you like shit. So both of those combined made me, you know what I'm saying? So for them, I was not in my place. And they needed to put you in your place. And I, I was not a very talkative person. They felt like being talking, not, you know, not talking was basically me being dumb. 
I'm far from a dummy. So that was, and basically they underestimated me, which was, you know, I don't, I love to be underestimated because it basically gives me, uh, give me, I, I love to show how much of an ass you are. So, <laughs> um, they underestimated me and in truth be told, tech sergeant, tech, truth be told, tech sergeant, master sergeant, chief master sergeant, LT major captain. You should never, as a, as a non-commissioned officer or an officer, lay hands on a troop um, in an environment that way. If you're not uh, safeguarding the life of that troop, you don't get to lay hands on that troop. And what was even more baffling to me that night, I was hotter than fish grease that night when I learned of what had happened because I was working at the I was working in the B dock that night, which is the base defense operating center, and. Um, and when I found out what had taken place out there on the front lines, I was disgusted. Not only was this my friend, this was one of the only females that I was serving alongside. And I know how that environment goes. Um, so I just wanted to make sure everybody was clear on that. And so for him to lay hands on Kiki, grab her by her fucking collar, man. Okay, but go ahead on Kiki. So they try to give you this article 15. We already know the impact that that can have uh, on, on a military member. What became of it? I refused to sign it because one thing, they didn't know that I know my policies, policies and procedures. And one thing that I always stress, I always feel like that needs to be stressed to young, uh, to young uh, servicemen and women. When it comes, you need to know your policies and your procedures. Know all of your policies and procedures. Read up on them. That's that's very key. That's key. Because, uh, and I'm not trying to sit up here and insult intelligence, but a lot of people who are in higher ranks don't know policies and procedures. Facts. Facts. And that extends to, and the reason why on the civilian side of things, um, I'm so passionate about the law and everything is because, and I talk about this with some of my co-founders of Sisters of the Movement when we put together policies that we want to push and policies that we want to get behind. Um, the biggest thing, and, and it's always been my foundation, is that know your shit. It makes it very difficult for someone to fuck with you when you know your shit. The problem is some will still try you. So that's no different than me coaching up the next generation of female leaders or talking to young men about knowing their rights, knowing their, knowing the law when they're pulled over by the cops or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever they may be faced with. That's what Kiki's talking about in the military sector. We called it policies and procedures. When we were deployed that downrange, it was called the rules of engagement, the governing body that governs military members that are on duty is called the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And so those are the governing bodies that she's talking about. And that's how she was able to defend herself against this Article 15. My concern is that what if she had not known her policies and procedures? What if she would have been too afraid because she's one of only a few females that are faced in this male dominant career field. And like I said, none of them suckers ever came at me sideways because I already knew what time it was. But I can put myself in the shoes of PFC, 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kiki. So here's the here's the thing. He he um he messed up how he filed the paperwork, which kind of worked for me to get my to help me also get my my uh side of the story and everything situated and out there. Now they the the problem was that this the uh the flight chief and this tech sergeant both of my same unit were friends so he was trying to have his he automatically that was his friend he automatically took his side and all you know instead of actually having discussion with me so when he heard the story automatically you saw me as the person in the wrong uh because y'all are i had this reputation for being uh not being in my place and also um I was the only female, so you you automatically assumed that I was um, that you was gonna scare me with your rank, which was you know that's how they was trying to put it. But then they don't understand that we also knew people in high rankings who <laughs> who knew us, who we who knew me and you, and who also was like that don't sound like Caldwell. Caldwell is quiet. That mm-hmm. don't sound all well to just get up in a fight with a tech sergeant right so they was like they tried to keep it under the rug from um the chief and uh the commander and didn't want the uh situation getting back to them well you remember we had the discussion with their was a couple of senior master sergeants who was like well we gonna make sure they know what happened right it got word back to the commander. She was like, "No, that for a tech sergeant to put a hand on a on a, on a, uh, our senior airman, um, something that's not right. We need to look at no matter what. We need to." But we need to make notice that our commander at the time was a female, and she was a she was damn good and <laughs> had a lot of respect for that woman. Had a lot and still do to this day, um, because. She did not just because uh, she she um, she wanted to make sure she didn't leave no stone unturned on that situation because things like that can turn into something else. And she, I, you know, after that situation, I had a lot of you know, she had my respect because she, I like the way she handled the situation, not per, because it was me personally, because you have some commanders who was like, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Another female crying. Yeah. Just, and, and just the way, and just the way, you know, I consider maybe Kiki and I to be, even though Kiki had hurt situations and I, I dealt with a weird ass situation too with, with male, uh, male, my male counterparts in the military, it was never anything to the extent of uh, me fearing for my life or anything like that. However, we saw it a lot and it is a real problem. It does exist. And uh, even now to basic levels of uh, just PT, you know, just doing PT when it comes to PT and um, you know, a female falling a little bit behind in a six, six mile run or 12 mile ruck um just the shit that would be said about those females is disgusting so these things exist and from what i understand i did some training and some teaching down at fort hood but i never really interacted 
with the troops that were stationed there. We would go to a facility that was built up specifically for training, uh, a training course that we call Mount uh, Military Operations on Urban Terrain. And it was a huge city that was built up just like a city that you would see in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's where we did the training to get that realistic feel. So I never, so I've been on the installation before, but never to the, to the fact to where I was interacting with the troops that were stationed there. But I heard it's a shit show and people have been writing and, 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 and reaching out, confirming the fact that it's a shit show. Fort Hood has an issue. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if Garen, my producer can pull this up for me. Wasn't there an active shooter on the Fort Hood installation some years back? Maybe five or six years back? Here. I think so. Uh, KC, if you really look at uh, it's starting to come out that it was a, it was more than one active shooter has active shooting uh, incident has been placed on that took place on Fort Hood. And now you you know, you got these stories. I'm reading, you know, comments under, you know, the Vanessa Gilliam uh, some post under there. And you actually see comments of people who were actually stationed there. And the stories that they're telling are mind-boggling to me. That of all the things that has been going on on that on that base for years, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm like, how is it that this base is still operating? Right. Yeah. So so right here it's saying on April second. This is back in 2014. Uh, I could have swore there's another one that happened earlier, but. This, it says, uh, U.S. Army Specialist Yvonne Lopez killed four soldiers, including himself, and wounded 12 others aboard the Army installation in Fort Hood, Texas. This tragic event occurred less than five years after the November 5th, 2009 mass shooting at Fort Hood, where Army psychiatrist Major Nadal Malik Hassan killed 13 people and injured 30. What the fuck is going on on this military installation? Um, and in in learning about Vanessa, and I know we almost out of time, but and we'll we'll do a part two of this because I want to bring on some some more women that I've talked to over the last few days who didn't feel comfortable coming on to this podcast to talk about their experience in the military. That's a problem. That's basically what Kiki and I are talking about. You know, they don't feel comfortable even coming on, even after they have retired out um, or just got out on their own, whatever the case may be, they still don't feel comfortable talking about the injustices that they experienced while serving in the United States military. That's a huge fucking point. When I said this was personal for me, this is what I was talking about. The story of Kiki and what she experienced what I experienced. Um, it's just so many levels to it that needs to be peeled back. And you, you know, you gotta know I'm not gonna stop until I find out what really happened to Vanessa because this shit that they're putting out now, you know, they were, they were quiet as kept. And this is, this is, listen, I can speak on it because I was one of them. Oh, well, we don't want to jeopardize. We don't want to put too much information out because we don't want to jeopardize the investigation. We don't want the suspects or the persons of interest to be able to develop an alibi. Fuck all that. We need to know what happened to Vanessa and we need to be kept in the loop on your investigation as much as you can without jeopardizing it. 
And, you know, coming from somebody like Kiki and I who were cops, you're not going to be able to tell us that shit and we believe it. You can tell more than what you're telling. So now, after it's all said and, and done, uh, now the the suspect, we still don't even know how she died. Uh, according to reports today, he's dead. The suspect, they closed in on him. They had never named, they had never named a fucking suspect before, but all of a sudden, the first time we hear about the suspect, now he fucking dead. Oh, we were closing in on him and he suffered a self-inflicted gunshot wound and a female. There it is right here. And a female has, I'm gonna have Garen read it here. This who is that? What what outlet is that coming from? Is that Associated uh, Press? No, this is ABC 13. I think it's a local. Go place. ahead and read it's, it for us, Gary. Yeah, so it's local. It's the local Houston station. Okay. It says, officials say the civilian suspect arrested in Guillen's case is the estranged wife of a former Fort Hood soldier. She is currently in custody in the Bell County Jail and will be charged. That's the only information that we have. The but other, that's the second suspect. Yes, that's the civilian suspect. The second civilian suspect, it's saying. The first one says they found him dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So now all of a sudden, after what a big suspects come from automatically. Because right. I, in, in a few months, a couple of months, nobody knew anything. Now that so they say it has taken on a national and even an international uh spotlight, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, you know, we and these remains and these remains were found. We don't know that they are. We have no confirmation that they hers yet, but we have these remains. Uh, all of a sudden, we have this this suspect. All of a sudden, boom, he shot himself. The next, you know, we have one suspect in custody but nobody is saying who these suspects are no where is the sergeant that she accused of sexual harassment where is he is he allegedly the one that suffered the self-inflicted gunshot wound where is he where is where is vanessa's kiki where where is vanessa's wingman where is vanessa's battle buddy have we talked to her where they're they're so tight-lipped about it and, and, and my fear is because we've seen so much stuff get swept under the rug that they're going to do this. But I think, I think time is up. I don't, I don't, I don't think we cannot allow that to happen. So I'm taking this one very personally. I know Kiki is taking this one very personally. Um, as, as well as many other women who have served and women just in general who have suffered some type of a sexual assault or sexual harassment in their fucking work environment. And it, it irks me to the core because it irks me to the core that the military hides their dirty laundry as that they, as if they don't have the same vices and the same issues that we have in the civilian sectors, as if they don't cover up shit. I know they do because I was one of them. And there were periods of time coming up through my career I was like, this shit don't feel right. This don't sound right. I'm not, I'm not understanding this. And uh, I, I, you know, Kiki, <laughs> offline, Kiki and I were talking. She was like, well, let's talk about it. The feds probably show up. I don't give a fuck. It won't be the first time they've shown up at my door. Homeland Security either. Come on with it, because at the end of the day, there are things that need to be talked about. 
that need to be addressed. And for me, me for one, I'm gonna raise the, what, what was one of our general orders? Didn't they say always sound the alarm? Well, shit, that goes for you too, United States government. We sounded the alarm on your funky ass as well. You are not exempt from morale, integrity, and service before self. And if something happens to a troop, I don't give a damn if it's a book sergeant that don't even have a strike. That's not even, the ink isn't even dry on their contract for enlistment. That person fucking matters. That person matters. Just like your chief, just like your LT, just like your full bird colonel. That person matters. And so me for one, I'm going to continue to sound the alarm. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of it. Kiki, we got to get ready to get out of here. What parting words do you have for other female vets? Uh, or a female enlisted or even female officers that may be experiencing something uh, that they we as as women and you know women who serve these two this needs to be this this conversation doesn't doesn't need to stop this conversation need to be brought to the forefront we need to have some very uncomfortable conversations because uh Everybody, people don't understand that the military has a lot of issues. And sometimes people, when people come up to me trying to be talk about patriotism, you know, you can't, we can't be patriotic if, you know, with the things that are occurring in in the military. There's nothing patriotic about this shit. (laughs) So uh, we, we need to have, start having conversations. Stuff need to be brought to the forefront. You know, names need to be dropped, you know. Um... It's so much. Question. It, it's so much that needs to be, and it's not going to take one conversation. Um, I would kind of hesitate when you call when you, I but I said, but I do it. But I, I really want to have this conversation more, and we, we need to have this conversation more. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Kiki. We we need to have this conversation again, and I agree. So let's put it together. So. I've got a Facebook live feed going. Um, you know, my magic number is always a thousand people um, because of some of the training I had in the military. It takes a thousand repetitions to commit something to your short-term memory. But my number has always been a thousand and I don't have those numbers today. It could be the time of day, but if you are tuned into us on Facebook live, please share the video. Any female, so or even male servicemen, that have witnessed something, who've seen something, who's helped a female that you served with through something, we got to have the conversations. Um, it's just run so deep and in, in, in me, I'm a double minority. I'm a woman and I'm black. So is Kiki. So, you know, there, there's already challenges just through um, the systemic foundation of our makeup that has made things difficult to navigate. So the last thing we need is someone standing in our way and and trying to muffle our voices. So uh, make sure you go ahead and go and subscribe to the podcast, Red, White, and You. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Music. You can find it on iHeart. Apple Podcasts. You can find it on all this other shit Garen told y'all to find it on. (laughs) Pocket Cast. uh, (laughs) There's so many. I can't even like, I can't, there's so many, any platform uh, we're going to be on there. So be sure to subscribe, help us out and uh, let us help us uh, appear top five on Apple Podcasts, top searches. Let's do it. Kiki, thank you. Yeah.
thank you for everything just over the years and for your friendship and your camaraderie. Let's put together a round table and, um, and um, take this thing uh, to, a, to a national level, this conversation. It needs to be had. We're going to do it for us. We're going to do it for those that are coming behind us. And we're going to do it for Vanessa. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next Wednesday.